You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data app. So we're doing it. We're doing the mock draft today. As I mentioned, I did two mock drafts. The article is done, but I don't want to post it because that just kind of ruins the fun for the uh, podcast. But what the article is, is sort of a dueling mock draft between myself and me. And one is meant to be more predictive, and the other one is meant to be more what I would do. Now, I think it's kind of hard to do it 100% either way, but I did my best. Today, what I want to do is the predictive mock. In other words, just what I would normally have done for a mock draft. It has more to do with, you know, the rumors that are going on and all that kind of stuff and team tendencies than if I was the GM. And since there's not a lot of time, because these usually take a very long time, we'll get through the preliminaries quickly and we'll get started. First of all, we are doing the live stream. If you'd like to see that, be sure to get into the Facebook group. If you wouldn't mind leaving a five-star rating and review on uh, iTunes, it would be greatly appreciated, or anywhere else where you know to leave reviews. If you do leave a review, be sure to let me know and send me a screenshot so I can enter you into the contest, because when I get to 200 uh, iTunes reviews, which seems like it's far away, but it's only 40 away, and about a month ago I had about 60 total, and now I have 160, so it'll be here before we know it, and somebody will be getting a PFF Edge subscription. So leave a five-star review on iTunes, send me a screenshot, and you're entered. If your wife leaves a review, send me a screenshot, you are entered again. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You know what? I'm just making up for all the reviews that were left on the other Packernet podcast, so don't give me any garbage. Half my listeners are over there. Half my reviews are over there. So, no, I don't feel bad about it. NFLBigBoard.com, be sure to head over there. I did not update it today because I was working like a madman to try to make sure that I got this mock draft done. Um, and although it seems like, oh, it's no big deal, it'll only take a little bit to finish it, I barely got it done in time to be able to do this mock draft uh, podcast, so it took me a long time. If you're planning to subscribe to PFF, be sure to use the link in the description. It is an affiliate link for me. If you have any questions, please call or text 608-501-0718, 608-501-0718. Take a quick break, break, and we'll get back into it. Hey, U.S. Cellular customers, I've got good news, so don't hit skip forward just yet. I'm talking about their special customer event, Us Days. What's Us Days? It means exclusive offers just for their customers, just to say thanks, like up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. No, I didn't just misread that. That's up to $1,200 off. They must really like you. Us Days at U.S. Cellular, exclusive offers just for you, just to say thanks. Right now, U.S. Cellular customers get up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. Terms apply. All right, so right off the bat, Arizona Cardinals are first on the clock, as we all know. The biggest question of the day and the thing that's going to set this all off, the NFL must be so thrilled that there's this much drama right at the top. To be honest, I kind of am too. It's kind of exciting, but, you know, it's kind of annoying because it's just, it just, it's dumb. The drama shouldn't be here, but I guess I'll be just happy that it is. With that said, I've mentioned that there is a lot of talk now that it's not happening. They're not taking Kyler Murray, whatever. You know what? If if I had to put money down on the pick, it's not 50%. None of, none of these picks are 50%, but it's still a higher percentage than anything else happening. So, with the first overall pick in the 2019 NFL Draft, the Arizona Cardinals select Kyler Murray, quarterback, Oklahoma. Again, I don't know what's going on. But if they legitimately believe that Rosen is not the guy and Kyler Murray is the guy, then you just have to do it. That's all there is to it. I generally don't agree with this, and I think there's no way to make this a correct thing. It was the way this all unfolded. But seriously, if, if, if I was in the Arizona Cardinals situation, there is a situation in which I take Kyler Murray. And that situation is, I realize, taking Rosen was dumb. Kyler Murray legitimately is the next you know, the, the next big thing. He is a, a, a great elite guy. We're not worried about his size, any of that kind of stuff. He's the guy. All right, then let's do it. So that's what it is. That's what we're doing. We're taking Kyler Murray. Next up with the 49ers, again, not going to waste a lot of time because it just kind of falls in place. I don't really have any new information. So um, we'll just make the pick. 
With the second overall pick in the 2019 NFL Draft, the San Francisco 49ers select Nick Bosa, edge rusher, Ohio State. Now, as I say in the article in the other mock, my personal mock, I don't like this team. I just don't like the 49ers. I have heard two separate people say that the 49ers could win the division, one saying they think they are the best team in the division. I think the 49ers are trash. Their defensive line is made up of, of a bunch of defensive ends that are garbage at being defensive ends. They can't get to the quarterback, which is why they're drafting a defensive a, a defensive end after paying money to D Ford. Their corners are not good, despite having Richard Sherman, because Richard Sherman, despite being their best corner, isn't a solid corner. Any, I mean, he might be okay. He's not elite anymore. They have terrible safeties. They paid Quan Alexander a billion dollars, and he's trash. He's not even the best linebacker they have. I don't think. I don't even know why they paid D4. I, I don't know what they're doing over there or why they get so much credit. I don't like that team at all. I don't like their wide receivers. I don't like their interior offensive line. Maybe their running back will be okay. Maybe their quarterback. I don't even know if their quarterback is any good. If that quarterback isn't any good, this is the worst the, the worst GM in the NFL. And that's saying a lot because they paid a ton of money to a quarterback who's done almost nothing. He comes over to the 49ers. He wins the second half of the season, which is cool. Then he just gets hurt a bunch of times. And in the time that he did play last year, he was not good. So they don't have a good quarterback. They don't have a good running back. They don't have good wide receivers. They don't have a good offensive line. I don't think they have a super good defensive line, but they might. They don't have good um, linebackers. They don't have great corners, and they have terrible safeties. And this is the team that's supposedly maybe better than the Rams. What in the world are people smoking? We'll see, but a lot of things have to break right for the 49ers. And uh, this, this, this in that situation, the only reason I bring that up is because I, I, I don't want to say this is a slam dunk because it's like, oh, this is just their one big need. Now they got a great team. No, they need everything. The only reason I really like this pick is it's, you just need a can't miss. I'm coming at it from a different perspective. I'm not looking at it saying, what's the one thing that's going to put us over the hill? I'm looking at what's the one thing we can do that isn't look like a, that doesn't look like a screw up for once. Because everything we do is dumb. That's, that's a good thing about doing these mock drafts. Sometimes I need to be angry, but when I get angry at the Packers, I get a bunch of hate mail. So I'll just take out all my anger on other teams that are dumb. And that's all good stuff for the Packers. Anyways, let's move on to pick number three. And with the third overall pick in the 2019 NFL Draft, the New York Jets select Josh Allen, edge rusher out of Kentucky. Again, this isn't the, the, the 49ers pick might actually be uh, more than 50%. That might be the only one in this entire situation. If Bosa's there at number two, maybe. But even then, it's kind of close because I, you know, they could try to trade out of that spot. I don't even think they should, but I could see it. This isn't 50%. I don't think Josh Allen is worth a number three overall, but if I'm in this situation, if I can't find a trading partner, which I might not be able to with Bosa and Kyler Murray gone, I might take Josh Allen here as well. I really want to help our offense. Again, I don't think Josh Allen is worth a number three, so everything about this pick just makes me angry. I'm picking at a position that I don't need as badly, although we do need a pass rusher, and I'm doing it at a negative value, but whatever. We're going to pick him, and he better be awesome. That's really all I can say about it. And it's not like it's going to be... I don't think this is a situation where he's going to just completely bust. He'll be all right, but it's always going to be somewhat of a disappointment if he's not an absolute freak because it's the number three overall pick. So anyways, moving on to number four, I actually really like the Raiders' positioning. I, I It's weird because I hate where the the Jets are at three. I love where the Raiders are at four. Because, they're, they're, you know, there's a pretty strong possibility that someone they really, really like is going to make it to them. And in this particular mock, that absolutely is the case. With that said, with the fourth overall pick in the 2019 NFL Draft, the Oakland Raiders select... Quinnen Williams, defensive tackle, Alabama. It's one of the perks of having a team in which you just don't have very much talent anywhere, that even when defensive tackle is technically, quote-unquote, one of your, um, I don't even want to call it a strength, one of your lesser needs, it's still not a horrible thing to take him. Quinnen Williams starts day one, he plays a thousand snaps this season, and he is arguably, possibly, potentially the best player on your entire team offense and defense and yes I did remember that Antonio Brown is on this team and yes I said Antonio Brown that time burn moving up to pick number five now this is where things get a little wonky and they they start to get crazy fast now there's something I really really wanted to do here with the Buccaneers pick but I just felt like it would cause somewhat of a disturbance so I thought you know what maybe I'll just have the Bucks try to give this spot up have somebody else move up and we'll just we'll we'll, we'll do it a different way I'll, I'll have the Bucks pick this player later 
Now, he almost didn't make it there, and I kind of had to fudge some stuff to get him there, but he got there. Bottom line is, though, the Buccaneers decide to move this spot, which I I understand is technically somewhat unrealistic, but I I don't think it necessarily has to be. The thought process is, well, they're going to take Devin White, but I I don't necessarily like that. And if it's me, here's, here's essentially what I say in the article. I think that this player that the Buccaneers are going to pick later is a very real possibility here at five, and I'll get to that later. And if they do take him there at five, I want all the credit for it. But again, just for the sake of this podcast and people not rolling their eyes and saying that's ridiculous, I did make a trade. And the trade is the Buccaneers are going to make a trade with the Atlanta Falcons, who are going to give up pick 45 in the second round and a 2020 third round pick. And with that, the Atlanta Falcons are going to select Ed Oliver, defensive tackle out of Houston. And, and, and that part of it, I don't mind so much. Maybe getting the Buccaneers to drop out is kind of tough, but they do have several needs. And again, I, I don't necessarily think that taking a linebacker when you have that many needs at pick five is a great value or a great decision to make. I think you could trade back, get a bunch more picks, and get a bunch more value, especially when you have the Falcons offering you a pick 45. There's a good football player sitting there at 45 for you. And again, on the Atlanta Falcons side, I don't think this is that unlikely at all. I think Ed Oliver could absolutely go as high as five. I think there's a team like the Falcons or possibly somebody else that think they could that Ed Oliver is a great value at five, possibly even higher. I've heard people say that Ed Oliver is the best player in this entire class. Not many, but I've heard it. Wouldn't agree, but I've heard it. But either way, it's it's a great player, it's a great fit, and I think it's a good value at five. And the Falcons and Buccaneers are at, at, at you know on different ends of the spectrum. The Falcons, despite having a bad year, I think are closer to being a playoff team than the Buccaneers are. So the Falcons can sac- sacrifice a second-round pick and a 2023rd-round pick in the you know f- for the sake of, of winning now, or at least getting back to being a really good football team now. Whereas the Buccaneers, they they can't. And again, Devin White isn't going to get them there. Next up, we've got the New York Giants on the clock. And although, as you'll see, this isn't exactly where my head's at, I do think it makes sense that the Giants go for a quarterback here. There's been a lot of smoke about they love Eli, they're not moving on from Eli, we're going to extend Eli, and maybe it's true. The last time I said the Giants aren't going to do it because that would be dumb, they did it anyways. But again, talking about best case scenario, I think they are going to go a quarterback here, but who they go with might surprise some people. With the sixth overall pick in the 2019 NFL Draft, the New York Giants select Daniel Jones quarterback Duke. So here's the reason I did it. Apparently, and you know, there's all kinds of different rumors going on, and, and you know, just recently it came out, oh, they love Dwayne Haskins, they always have. Yeah, okay. I'm going to go with what the local beat reporter said a month ago as opposed to what Matt Miller, who, as I said, has a terrible track record, said a week ago during the time when lies are at their most prevalent. It wasn't even a week ago. This was, like, Friday. But here's what was said. The Giants seem to have their eye on three quarterbacks. Jones, Haskins, and Murray. Murray's gone, so we don't have to worry about that, and supposedly they thought he was too short. Secondly, um, Diana Rossini, Deanna Rossini, whoever from ESPN, said that the Giants do not see Haskins as a good fit for their team, and they really haven't put hardly any work into him. That kind of leads me to believe Daniel Jones is the guy. Now, there's two other possibilities. One, they don't really care about any of these quarterbacks, and they don't take one. Two, they could wait to see if Daniel Jones makes it to their pick 17 or whatever it is. But if Daniel Jones is your guy, you're not going to wait. So really the only question is, did they end up coming to the conclusion that Daniel Jones can be the guy? And in this case, I'm going to go ahead and say yes. And interestingly enough, I just got done watching, uh, I think it's Brett Coleman. Maybe it was the other one, I don't know. But he just did a Daniel Jones breakdown. And although his assessment was, this is why he shouldn't be a first-round quarterback, the interesting thing is, he said his comp was Eli Manning. And given the Giants' inability to do correct things and liking quarterbacks that, you know, aren't necessarily modern, they like certain styles, it just kind of made me chuckle. And I said, yeah, I think I made the right decision. Again, for a predictive mock, not a what-I-would-do mock. The other thing I love about doing this mock draft right now is that I've been biting my tongue about why I feel certain things and I haven't been able to say it and all the stuff that I've been wanting to say. Boom, I'm about to say it. Next up, Jacksonville Jaguars. Here's another one. With the 7th overall pick in the 2019 NFL Draft, the Jacksonville Jaguars select Jonah Williams, offensive tackle, Alabama. Now, a lot of people are saying Jawan Taylor here, but I just, I don't think so. It could be. It absolutely could be. But here's my thought process. I think if there's a team that really likes Jonah that could take Jonah in the top 10, it's going to be the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jonah Williams is probably going to be a right tackle. The Jaguars need a right tackle. 
Jonah Williams, more than anybody, is more of a power kind of guy, and the Jacksonville Jaguars run more of a power type of offense. They are a run-first, smash-mouth offense, and Jonah Williams is going to fit that perfectly. Beyond that, as I've let out of the bag several times, you probably heard it by now anyways, I think it was on Adam Schefter's podcast, he interviewed Jonah Williams, and Jonah Williams said, I know that I am top 10 on several teams that need offensive tackles that are in the top 10. The Jacksonville Jaguars are one of those teams. I don't know if the Jaguars actually are one of those teams, but they fit the description of what Jonah Williams was talking about. And again, stylistically, I don't know of a better team for Jonah Williams than the Jacksonville Jaguars. So I like the pick. Next up, we've got the Detroit Lions. I feel like I'm flying through this really, really fast, and I'm still like barely going to get this done in an hour. It's amazing. So really, this just came down to two things. And typically, what I would do here is take Montez Sweat, but there's a lot of talk about Montez Sweat falling possibly out of the first round. But here's the thing with that, and this is the case with all these guys. It's true that they could fall, but all it takes is one team. All it takes is one team that likes him, doesn't care about the flags, and takes him. That could be Detroit at 8. I mean, he legitimately, Montez Sweat could go at 8. But because this is a predictive mock and I'm, I'm trying to reflect these different things that I'm hearing and the red flags and all this different stuff, I got to let Sweat fall a little bit. So that just kind of left one player that was really glaring on my list of, of guys that I feel like need to go here. With the eighth overall pick in the 2019 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select Devin White, linebacker, LSU. So the need at linebacker is really, really strong. Beyond that, I think one of the biggest things is they need a number one linebacker. They really just need a number two pass rusher. You could say they need a number one, and Trey Flowers is the number two, but the bottom line is they have one. They don't have a linebacker. There might be some other needs that you can talk about as far as maybe defensive backs, but there's no good value here. You could talk about guards. I don't know that that's a great value. Devin White, in terms of his potential and his upside and his play as a football player, regardless of position, is probably a top five player. The Lions are getting him at eight. It's a huge need. It just it It's probably the right call. The only reason I would take Sweat over Devin White is because it's a more prominent and important position. But, you know, taking away the, the bonus for position, Devin White, I think, is a better football player. I also did consider Devin Bush because he's a Michigan guy, but I, I just, you know, Devin White needs to be gone by now. I don't, I don't even know if he'd make it this far, but if he does, there's, I just can't let him go past the Lions. I don't think it's going to happen. Next up, we got the Buffalo Bills. This was really, really, really not, ha- not, excuse me, not easy. It was very hard. I actually took this guy, I, I picked him. And then I deleted it and I said, no, I'm not doing that. And then I picked him again. And then I said, no, I'm not doing that. And I went through and I combed over and I tried. I just, I have to. It took me three tries, but I finally said, I'm doing it. I don't care. So with the ninth pick in the 2019 NFL draft, the Buffalo Bills select Rashawn Gary, edge rusher, Michigan. So Rashawn Gary is supposed to fall also. And I've even said, I think it was yesterday, that, you know, the the coach is even kind of letting on that, you know, it's inconsistent effort and whatever, lazy technique, all that kind of stuff. And there's talk that he could absolutely fall. However, I think if you take him for just, just being a good football player, not even necessarily elite, as some people tend to think his upside is, I think it's a great fit. I think it's a great fit for their scheme. I think it's a great fit for their needs. Um, there, there's talk about, as far as rumors go, that the Buffalo Bills are going to want to address the trenches. I think they have a better chance right now of addressing the defensive side than the offensive side. They need edge as well as inside defensive uh, tackles, and the, uh, Rashawn Gary is going to end up doing both. And the final thing that got me to just solidify it, because again, I took it off, I put it on, took it off, whatever. This entire This entire draft is about upside and potential. Not every draft is, but this one is. From Kyler Murray to Ed Oliver to DK Metcalf to, um, you know, Devin White one pick ago. A lot of these guys are boom and bust. A lot of these guys are super high upside, super low floor, and that's Rashawn Gary to a T. And again, all it takes is one team to say, I'm willing to take that bet. I didn't want Rashawn Gary to go this early. If I'm the Buffalo Bills, I'm not super happy. If I'm a Bills fan, I'm not super excited about this. But he has incredible potential to be a fantastic uh, Michael Bennett type football player so that's what we're doing next up we got the Denver Broncos Um, you know again less than 50 percent but I'm playing the odds on this one with a 10th overall pick in the 2019 NFL draft the Denver Broncos select Drew Locke quarterback Missouri I mean, I, you know, again, less than 50%. If they, if 
I just don't really have anything as far as a predictive mock that I think is is a higher probability than Drew Locke, even though I don't think it's going to happen. And it does kind of make sense. Flacco is going to be a short-term answer. Um, I don't think Drew Locke plays this year. I think Flacco is going to be the guy. But we have to have somebody, right? I've been talking seriously about possibly looking at quarterback because maybe in three years we could possibly think about considering moving on from Aaron Rodgers. If that's a thing, how is this not a thing? I don't know why the Packers are the only team that uh, seem to think that you should get a quarterback two years before you need one, and maybe that's not really a thing anymore for any team, but I, I think when you have Flacco as your starting quarterback, you should be working on developing somebody, you, you know, partially because Flacco has a lot to offer. And if he ends up being a stud and ready to go, then fine. I'm sorry, Flacco. You're, you're kind of done, man. So, again, playing the odds, it makes sense to some degree, so let's just roll with it. I think if I thought the Denver Broncos were a little closer to a Super Bowl run, I maybe would have gone a different decision, but I just don't think so. I don't I don't think that they are going to be a super fantastic football team. Part of that do with, you know, I, I don't know, whatever. It, it, it is what it is. It might work, but this feels like they're trying to relive the the Manning thing where we're going to go real heavy defense. We're going to get Vic Fangio to make this the best defense in the NFL. We're going to get a veteran quarterback to come in here, just do good enough, and that'll be that. But it's not going to work this time because it's not Peyton Manning. It's Joe Flacco. Anyways, Cincinnati Bengals are up on the clock. Whoa, got some news going on over here. I'm pre-recording on Monday afternoon, so the phone is going to be a little bit more active than uh, normal at 3 o'clock. But anyways, I don't have any preliminaries for this, so let's just get into the pick. With the 11th overall pick in the 2019 NFL Draft, the Cincinnati Bengals select Dwayne Haskins, quarterback, Ohio State. So I'll be honest, I had no intention or thought of ever taking Dwayne Haskins um, for the Cincinnati Bengals. However, I don't know how we go out and get a brand new flashy head coach, offensive-minded, Sean McVay disciple, and then bring him in here and say, Andy Dalton's your guy, run the same old offense that we've been running into the ground for, uh, you know, 56-odd years. No, man, let's, let's, I mean, if we're going to do it, let's do it. I don't know if Dwayne Haskins is the right quarterback, but I'd also don't know how, you know, one of the best quarterbacks, I don't know if anyone thinks he's the best, maybe one or two people. I don't know how Dwayne Haskins, who is considered by a lot of people a top 10 quarterback, falls past the Cincinnati Bengals with all their stuff going on. So I'm just going to pull the trigger. I I, th- I think if Dwayne Haskins does fall to Cincinnati, that they will take Dwayne Haskins. And because this is a predictive mock and not necessarily what I would do, and Dwayne Haskins did fall, guess what happened? Next up, we've got your Green Bay Packers on the clock. I'll be honest, this is uh this was really really tough, especially since Hawkinson, Burns, and Bush are all available here. And and ordinarily this is an automatic Bush pick, but I really wanted to think about it. What I decided to do is something that I've kind of cooled on and said I'm not going to do anymore, and I started thinking about what I had said before about let's take away the excuses for Aaron Rodgers. And, and maybe I'm phrasing that wrong. I, I, that sounds too accusatory and, and like Aaron Rodgers is doing something wrong. Let's give him weapons and see if that fixes the problem. How about that? That sounds like a better way to say it, so let's say it that way. So with the 12th overall pick in the 2019 NFL Draft, the Green Bay Packers select TJ Hawkinson, tight end, Iowa. I was having one of my little daydreaming sessions on the way into work, and I started thinking about how, you know, tight ends work a certain way. And, you know, well, if you have a guy like Fant, how does the defense react? And I I started thinking about it. I was like, oh, well, they probably do what offense or defenses are already doing in the modern day, which is to start getting lighter, you know, nickel hybrid safety linebacker types that can handle the more athletic tight ends, but are strong enough if there happens to be a running back available. Well, I, I feel like the best way to counter that and the, the best way to, to attack modern defenses is to get somebody who is multiple, like a TJ Hawkinson, who can be a blocker and a tight end, and you just never know what's coming. And if you think about it, that's very reminiscent of what LaFleur says his offense is. It's an offense that looks very basic and looks very familiar. In other words, you'll see us line up a certain way, but you'll never know what exactly we're going to do with it. You, you think we're going to do this, and we're just going to do something else. Hawkinson is going to fit that perfectly. If we come out with a guy like Noah Fant lined up, you know we're not fooling anybody. They can come out in their nickel personnel knowing that he's going to be used as a receiver. And if we try to get cute and use him as a blocker, it's still not going to work because whoever we put in there is just going to steamroll him. So we're putting ourselves at a disadvantage. With a guy like TJ Hawkinson, however, 
you can line up in a, a run-heavy set and have him run a route. And if, if we come out run-heavy and they come out in their base personnel with a, you know, Blake Martinez or a uh, a Jake Ryan-type linebacker with his assignment being, hey, just in case TJ Hawkinson goes and runs a route, you got to cover him. Yeah, right. TJ Hawkinson's going to destroy him. Likewise, if they come out light and we decide to run the ball, TJ Hawkinson is going to take your you know, Josh Jones type player and just absolutely wipe them off the play because they're too small. So it for TJ Hawkinson, for me, it, it kind of what really changed my perspective about his benefit to the team isn't just that he's good. It's not just a matter of he's good and we want good. It's a matter of how much it really helps the offense, how much it really makes it difficult for a defense to scheme against our offense because it just it's the ultimate if you zig, we zag. And with Lafleur being less about let's just take them head on and, and go at their strength and and being more about hey if they're if they're gonna you know if they're gonna go white we're gonna go black if they go black we go white right we're just gonna do the opposite of what they do you know zig and zag and it'll just be a frustrating offense every time they try to do something we just do something else and it we just we run around them instead of trying to run through them so I, I I'm still hesitant about taking a, a a tight end at twelve but the more I thought about it especially in a predictive sense. It kind of made sense, so I'm, I'm going to take a, a gamble here and say that it's TJ Hawkinson. Next up, we got the Miami Dolphins, who obviously have a ton of needs, but we're going to take one big swipe here. And with the 13th overall pick in the 2019 NFL Draft, the Miami Dolphins select Cleland Furl, edge rusher, Clemson. So apparently back in the day, at some point or another, there was talk that Miami really did like Cleland. I think he'll be a good fit for the team, and it is a massive need because they just completely purged all of their edge rushers. So obviously I, I don't want to or don't believe that they're going to start treating this as an all-in kind of thing. I don't think we're going quarterback as if there was anybody available anyways. But we're going to start building intelligently and, and you start building with guys like tackles and edge rushers and cornerbacks and all these kinds of things. And eventually we're going to prop a, plop a, a quarterback in here and we'll see what we can do. So this is one step in many and it's a really big piece. Next up, Tampa Bay is back on the clock. This is uh, the team at pick 14 that traded out of pick 5. And again, keep in mind, I think that this is in play at pick 5, even though nobody's talking about it. It makes sense to me. With the 14th overall pick in the 2019 NFL Draft, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers select Jawan Taylor, offensive tackle, Florida. So if you've been listening, you probably knew that pick was coming put those pieces together because what I had said is I believe Juwan Taylor is going to be staying in Florida. In other words, it's possible he goes to Jacksonville. I think it's possible he goes to Tampa Bay. And I also think it's possible he goes to Miami. But when I looked at Tampa Bay, the one thing I found interesting as far as their draft history is how much they tend to love local guys as well as SEC guys. A lot of times there's overlap. But since the Bucks GM came on board, this is some of their the players that they took in the first round. In his first year, he took Mike Evans from Texas A&M. The next year, he took uh, Jameis Winston, who is from Florida State, which is ACC, but it's still local. Then they took Hargreaves, who is from Florida, same as Juwan Taylor, which is SEC, as well as local. And then after that, they took O.J. Howard in 2017. Vita Vea last year is the one exception to that rule, the only one exception to that entire rule ever since... Uh, their GM took over. So depending on what they think of Juwan Taylor, offensive tackle, there's no question, is a important enough position to draft at five. If you can take a linebacker, you can definitely take a tackle. It's just a matter of how highly they like him. And again, there's that Florida connection. If if Tampa were here at 14 and Juwan were here at 14, the odds of that are very low. But this would be as big of a no-brainer as there could possibly be. And again, remember, if they take him at five, I want full credit. Thank you very much. Next up, we have the Washington Redskins, but I have a trade coming, and this is a, I don't, I don't know, I don't know if you'd call this a reach or not. I think it's a relatively decent possibility, so we're just going to go with it. The trade is with the Arizona Cardinals for Josh Rosen. So, again, in this scenario, Arizona has drafted a new quarterback. They have to offload Rosen. It's it's sounds as though it's going to be, you know, if it's Washington, it might be Washington's second round or, you know, whatever. But I, I think you can get a first. You should be able to get a first for him. I don't know if this absolutely has to be the case, but it just, to me, it makes sense. I think Washington should take him, and I think if they want a first-round pick, they should offer up a first-round pick. So it's, it's I'll call it a, a small probability that this happens, but it does make a lot of sense to me. But anyways, Arizona Cardinals are on the clock. 
And with the 15th overall pick in the 2019 NFL Draft, the Arizona Cardinals select Cody Ford, offensive guard, Oklahoma. So the biggest issue with uh, Josh Rosen was the fact that they couldn't block for him and he ended up on his back constantly. Now, Kyler Murray is going to be better capable to handle pressure like that. He's a more mobile quarterback. He's better under under pressure and duress, whereas Josh Rosen probably should go to a place that has a better offensive line, which is going to be the Washington Redskins. They are going to be better uh, qualified and capable of blocking for him, whatever. Either way, we still want to be able to get an offensive lineman that can help. And yes, drafting an Oklahoma offensive lineman is... Um, not only do I think Cody Ford is probably the best offensive lineman on the board right now, but the fact that he's from Oklahoma does help. He's been blocking for Kyler Murray for some time, and that counts for something. If we're going to do this, we've got to make sure it works, and I'm going to do everything that it, we can to make it work. And every little bit, including a connection between you know an offensive lineman that's already blocked for this guy, is going to be part of it. And if you want to know how serious I am, I'm not only considering Hollywood Brown in the second round, I considered him here in this spot. Because if you think about the connection that he had, the ability to get him back on this team is huge. And if we didn't have such a massive need at offensive line, I probably would have taken Hollywood Brown. And to be completely honest, there's a very good chance I would trade up. It's not going to happen in this draft, I can tell you that already. But there's a very good chance if I was the GM, I'd be willing to trade up into the first round to make sure that I could secure Hollywood Brown to this team. You can just call us the Arizona Sooners. At pick 16, we have the Carolina Panthers. We also have a player that has slid a little further than is probably expected, but I've been wanting to kind of unload this little bit of information as well. Not that it necessarily has to happen, but I I think it might happen, and I think it might surprise some people. With the 16th pick in the 2019 NFL Draft, the Carolina Panthers select Brian Burns, edge rusher, Florida State. So, as I mentioned yesterday or whatever day it was, I, I have a sort of like a big board, but what it is is looking at team visits. And I look at prospects in the, in the teams that visited them, and you can kind of see a range. And for Brian Burns, the one thing I thought was weird is he isn't in the same category as a lot of other guys. He's not really meeting with top 10 teams, right? A lot of these guys that are top 10 or, you know, from 5 to 15 or whatever, you, you just see that kind of range, and you kind of assume, okay, this is kind of where they're going. Brian Burns is kind of in that 15 to 25 range, and it's really weird or 10 to 20 range, or whatever. I don't know. I'm not looking at it. But that kind of surprised me. And the other thing that surprised me, Brian Burns was also on that same podcast with Jonah Williams and several others. And Brian Burns started talking about some of the teams he met with, and they were later teams, like the Carolina Panthers. Now, beyond that, why specifically the Carolina Panthers? Okay, number one, the Carolina Panthers are a team that likes to build in the trenches, offensive and defensive line. Number two, the trenches, primarily the pass rushers, are kind of garbage. Number three, Brian Burns did have a meeting with the Panthers, and apparently it went really well. He named them specifically when asked what visits he'd been on that he enjoyed, and he said that one in particular. He said he met Luke Keekley while he was in the uh, elevator. He had a good talk with him. And fourth, not that this necessarily has any impact on what the Panthers choose to do, but Brian Burns' brother did play for the Panthers. There's a huge age gap. It was a very long time ago, but Brian Burns' brother, whose last name isn't Burns, did play for the Carolina Panthers, according to Brian Burns. So... I, uh, I think there's a, a pretty interesting little dynamic there. I don't think very many people have Brian Burns going to Carolina, in part because it doesn't seem to be a big or a great fit, and also in part because nobody sees Brian Burns falling this far. But I do think it's a very decent possibility. Next up, the New York Giants are back on the clock. Um, this is another pick that I didn't want to make. I wanted this person to continue to fall. I had other people in mind. I said, I'm going to take this person. I'm going to take that person. I wanted to go offensive playmaker because if you look at the Giants' previous picks, granted they just had a GM for the last year, but you look at their picks over the last couple of years, especially last year, taking a running back as high as they did, it seems like they like to go offensive weapons and they need offensive weapons. I said, boom, I know what I'm doing. And then it just hit me like a ton of bricks. I'm looking at somebody that's just sitting there that I don't want to take because I want them to fall and I'm looking at their needs and it's like, I just have to, man. So anyways... With the 17th overall pick in the 2019 NFL Draft, the New York Giants select Montez Sweat, edge rusher, Mississippi State. Now, like I said, all it takes is one team, and I think that this makes a lot of sense. I think even in terms of value, Montez Sweat kind of fits here better. There's some concerns about his ability as a pass rusher or whatever. But you look at the Giants, man, are their edge rushers trash. They just have nothing. Ever since they got rid of Olivier Vernon, nothing. So he could definitely fall farther. I would not be surprised if he's there at 30 and beyond. 
But some of these guys that are supposed to fall when you do these mock drafts, it's it kind of gets to be uh, it's hard to keep passing on them. So I got the Jets taking them right here. Next up, we got the Minnesota Vikings. Not a huge surprise. I, I have gone in different directions. For example, defensive line. But in the predictive mock, I want to kind of stick with what makes the most sense. And um, there seems to be a pretty big consensus, actually, which is a little bit weird. But with the 18th overall pick in the 2019 NFL Draft, the Minnesota Vikings select Garrett Bradbury, offensive center, NC State. This is the mock that everybody seems to be doing. It doesn't have to be. I think offensive line is probably going to be the play here. I also think Chris Lindstrom makes a good amount of sense because, for, you know, everybody's saying, well, Garrett Bradbury makes sense because of the outside zone scheme. Yeah, well, so does Garrett Bradbury. Same exact thought process there. That's why the Packers keep getting, well, that's why I keep doing and other people keep doing Garrett Bradbury to the Packers. His athleticism and his ability to get up to the second level and do things in space is kind of what makes him a good fit for an outside zone scheme. But I've got him taking Garrett Bradbury here for pretty obvious reasons. Now, I have heard that these uh, the Minnesota Vikings fans do like Pat Elfline. I don't necessarily know if Garrett Bradbury can move to guard, but either way, it, we'll call him an interior offensive lineman, I guess. Next up, we've got the Tennessee Titans, and it's kind of funny because I'm doing predictive mock drafts, and you would assume the predictive mock draft would be the most boring one because it's, you know, it's probably just the picks that everybody else is doing, like um, Garrett Bradbury. However, that's not always the case. Because I'm not just looking at other people's mocks and taking them. I'm just looking at information and saying, what do I think? What what seems to be the, you know, the, the pick that might happen? And that's kind of what you get here. With the 19th overall pick in the 2019 NFL Draft, the Tennessee Titans select Christian Wilkins, defensive tackle, Clemson. Now, I don't think anybody's ever mocked this. Everybody seems to think that we need to go offense here. But, I, you know, yeah, they need wide receivers. There's no question about that. They could also go tight end because, you know, their tight end's getting old. I think they could go quarterback if they wanted to. But the defense is far from perfect. Uh, they have, his name is escaping, Jarrell Casey, I think, is their one good defensive lineman. Not even just defensive tackle, they're one really good defensive lineman or, you know, defensive front guy, including the outside linebackers. Beyond that, Vrabel is a defensive guy. Um, Vrabel actually tried to recruit Christian Wilkins to Ohio State. He actually knows Christian Wilkins quite well and has met with him several times. So Mike Vrabel, the head coach, who is a defensive-minded person, really, really likes Christian Wilkins, who, by the way, should have been gone long ago before pick 19. I think if, if this ends up happening, the Titans not taking Christian Wilkins would be a little surprising. Now, the head coach doesn't necessarily make all the calls, or not even necessarily, it's not even close. But I would think he would have enough pull to at least help the GM see his way to picking the best player on the board. Next up, we got the Pittsburgh Steelers. And if you've been following along, there's a pretty obvious pick here, but we'll get right to it. With the 20th pick in the 2019 NFL Draft, the Pittsburgh Steelers select Devin Bush, linebacker, Michigan. Now, this is considered a fall for him. I've already said that it's possible he could fall a little further than we think because, remember, he was a second-round pick not too long ago. Uh, he could definitely go as high as, geez, I don't know, like I said, the Lions potentially could take him. I mean, if you think about it, if, if Devin White is gone top five, which he seems to think and other people seem to think is possible, the Lions roll around and they very, 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 very much need a linebacker. Devin Bush has a Michigan connection and all, all that stuff, right? And I don't want to talk about the Lions, but I'm saying he could go, I would say, as high as, as Detroit at eight. And I think this is his floor. So eight to 20 is Devin Bush's range, if I had to guess. Now, again, that isn't to say Pittsburgh has to take Devin Bush, because they do have other needs. We Again, we kind of get locked into stuff, like, oh, this this is what has to happen here. It's not what has to happen. But Devin Bush makes a lot of sense. They do need a solid linebacker. I, I think Pittsburgh would, would be... It would be wise to try to get back to being somewhat of a... You know, get back to your identity a little bit. Pittsburgh has been known most recently for its offense... Um, it still should have a pretty decent offense, but we got to get this defense rolling. We're going to take a little bit of a random break just because I think I forgot to do that. But after that, we will get back to the, I believe, Seattle Seahawks. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So at pick 21, it is the Seattle Seahawks, and the consensus is, and again, this doesn't have to happen because it depends who's available, and I think if there's a really good offensive lineman sitting here, I think they just take him. But the Seattle Seahawks, I believe, have four picks in this entire draft. That's really just not enough. So the thought processes are going to trade down. Lots of people believe it's going to be with the Patriots, but I went a different route. I have a trade with the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs are going to be giving to the Seattle Seahawks pick 92, which is a third-round pick, and pick 201, which is a sixth-round pick. It's not a super good value for the Seahawks, who are a little desperate to move back, and they wanted multiple picks, so this is one way to make that work out. The Chiefs get a little bit of a steal because, you know, it's what happens when you're desperate, I guess. But anyways, I think the deal worked because there's a player who's been falling down the board, in my opinion, and I think it would be a really, really good fit for the team. So... With the 21st pick in the 2019 NFL Draft, the Kansas City Chiefs select Byron Murphy, cornerback, out of Washington. Now, I could have gone Greedy Williams here. I didn't have a lot of information. I, there, there was almost nobody that I could find that came in for visits or any of these kinds of things. But as I've said, I do believe Byron Murphy is better. And unless I know definitively that this team is very heavy in their press man coverage, which I do not know that, um, I'm probably going to take Byron. In fact, I'm seeing almost unanimously, once again, which is weird, that By- or, uh, DeAndre Baker is better than Greedy. In fact, a lot of people think DeAndre Baker is the best corner in the draft. Which I, The only reason I say that's interesting is because a lot of people were saying that before. It was kind of like some people said Byron, some people said DeAndre, a few people said Greedy, but not many. Then the pro day or the combine happened and DeAndre completely fell off and now he's slowly starting to climb back. So I think that's kind of kind of interesting. Next up at pick 22, we have the Baltimore Ravens, and uh, I probably don't need to preface this because it's true for every team, but I feel it necessary to say there were a couple different directions I felt like going here. There is sort of the, I guess you could call it obvious one, and then there were some, you know, other ones that I felt would be good options, but based on NFL Big Board, which I was using, which isn't what I'm really trying to use too much, that was more for my picks, and what I would do was my Big Board. But if I'm just kind of looking for a position and I don't know specifically of a particular player that they like, I kind of just defer to, you know, what I know, I guess. So with the 22nd pick in the 2019 NFL Draft, the Baltimore Ravens select DK Metcalf, wide receiver, Ole Miss. So I, again, I don't know what the Ravens think of DK. Super high upside, super high ability, not the cleanest route runner in the world, right? And it kind of depends what you're planning to do with um, your quarterback. And I've said, personally, I think this would be a bad fit for DK and for the Ravens. I, I don't care for this so much. But again, this is a predictive thing. And I think if the Baltimore Ravens are desperate for a wide receiver and DK is sitting there, I, th- I would say there's a better chance than anybody else that I could come up with. I mean, I could pick a random wide receiver off the top of my head. I could say, well, Nikhil Harry or Hollywood Brown. But I'm again, I'm trying to play the odds here a little bit, and I, the, I think the odds are, even though I don't personally think it's a great fit, they're going to go with the high upside wide receiver and try to spark this offense and take DK Metcalf. That would be my guess. And that's really all I'm doing is guessing. Next up at pick 23, the one thing I've said consistently that I, I, th- I think part of the reason I say it is because nobody really tells you. know, Everybody says, well, Seattle's offensive line is terrible, and Minnesota's offensive line is just the worst. And those two are seen as like the worst offensive lines. I think both of those teams have significantly better offensive lines than the Houston Texans. I also think they have better offensive lines than the Cincinnati Bengals, and nobody wants to talk about that either, which just blows my mind. Which is why the Bengals are taking a linebacker no matter what philosophy is just silly to me. Either way, the Texans are in a real bad spot here. So with that, with the 23rd pick in the 2019 NFL Draft, the Houston Texans select Andre Dillard, offensive tackle, Washington State. So I'll be honest, Andre Dillard makes me a little bit nervous. Um, you know, the Draft Network sees him as a bit of a project, and every time I see Washington State now, I'm going to get nervous because I think about what I was told about Cole Madison. And that essentially is that Washington State runs a completely different offense, and, and you know, he's going to have to learn 
how to run an NFL-style offense or run in an NFL-style offense. So I, I like the upside. I like that he is one of the best, you know, highest-graded pass blockers by PFF. And it's not all, you know, the biggest knock is that, well, they get the ball out too quickly. Well, even when they didn't, he was one of the highest-rated offensive tackles. And the fact that he has the ability to potentially play left tackle in the NFL really speaks highly of a team that needs an entire offensive line. Let's get the cornerstone here and let's see what we can do. So we're kind of taking a a risk, which is not what I would really like to do in this spot. But at pick 23, we don't really have the luxury of getting a slam dunk offensive tackle. Whoever it is, you might think that is, Juwan Taylor or, or whatever. And by the way, those guys might be better off as right. I mean, Juwan Taylor did play right tackle. Uh, Jordan, Jordan, Jonah Williams uh, is projected strictly as a right tackle, despite playing left tackle. So Andre Dillard is arguably the best left tackle. I mean, it's it's an argument you could make. He also could, you could make an argument he's not worth a first round pick, period, depending on what you think of him. But either way, um, with Andre Dillard there, I just felt like that was the best way to go. Next up, we got the Oakland Raiders at pick 24. This team, as I said, has absolutely nothing. So we're going to, uh, we're going to just try to stack some talent here. With the 24th pick in the 2019 NFL Draft, the Oakland Raiders select Josh Jacobs, running back, Alabama. Is it the most crucial piece in the world, getting a running back? No, but I kind of feel like it's one of those picks that can really put you over the edge. Now, you can wait around for pick round four to get in with the rest of the NFL and pick everybody else's running back and try to maybe get on somebody that could possibly maybe kind of start but might be terrible. Or you can go out and get an Alvin Kamara clone Pair him with, you know, your quarterback, who isn't bad, and with Antonio Brown, and your defense now has Quinn and Williams, right? I mean, we're, we're, we're making this leaps and bounds type stuff here. Plus, we signed a ton of money for our new left tackle, who I think is a little bit overpaid, but either way, we locked up a, a tackle now. We have one. So our offensive line is better. Our wide receiving group is way better. Our running back room is way better. I mean, it's kind of legit, man. We're, we're making moves here. In other words, it's not a critical piece as far as positional value, but it's a critical piece as far as how can we grow this team and this offense specifically the most. And Josh Jacobs has the potential to be an absolute terror. So moving on to pick 25 and the Philadelphia Eagles. And this one felt kind of obvious to me. And, you know, again, I don't know the scheme well enough, but as I saw it, I said, you know what, I think this might be the floor. Maybe not, but it just kind of feels like it is. With the 25th pick in the 2019 NFL Draft, the Philadelphia Eagles select Greedy Williams, cornerback, LSU. Now, I, I think a lot of people are going to think this is a fall, but I have said consistently, and things change. This, you know, When I first heard this, it was, I don't know, what, early March? But I had heard that Greedy Williams is kind of a guy that's more than likely going to go in the 20s, which isn't a big reach when everybody else is saying he's falling from what, like 19, 15-ish? I, I mean, I don't know who's exactly at 15, but I'm saying like mid-teens. Would it be the shock of the century if he fell to 25 in a weak quarterback, cornerback class with a bunch of teams that don't necessarily need corners? I don't know, but but Philly is a defensive team primarily. They've, they've got a bunch of weapons on offense, but they, they still have a pretty decent front, which is kind of their main thing, you know, the trenches and whatnot. But their corners, although they do have guys there, it's, it's similar to the Packers situation where I, I would think, I don't know, but I would think if you talk to some Eagles fans, they'd say, no, we got so-and-so, we got this guy, we got that guy, who all have shown flashes or were high round picks or, or pe- whatever, but I just don't think the production has been there, and I think they got to get this figured out, and I think Greedy Williams kind of makes sense here. Next up at pick 26, I feel like this is a team that went from being kind of terrible with the exception of Andrew Luck to a team that has seemingly everything kind of worked out. Not not elite, right? They have a wide receiver they could use more. They've got a good running back. They've got a good quarterback. They've completely fixed their offensive line, which seems to have fixed everything. Imagine that. And by the way, this is exactly why I say I want offensive line, offensive line, offensive line. I think we undervalue offensive line. I wish we would get a better offensive line. I miss, miss when we had a good offensive line. Did you notice how when we had a really good offensive line under Favre, we had a good team. Under Rodgers, we had a really good team. Since we haven't had an offensive line, we haven't had a very... I, I've been saying this for a long time. The Colts have been struggling to get this great quarterback to drag this team along. They fixed their offensive line. They fixed their defense a little bit by, you know... I don't necessarily want to give credit to the trenches because that's probably where they're least effective, but they've done a lot of things on defense and fixed their offensive line, and boom, this team is awesome. But I think defensive front is definitely something to consider. 
I think edge rusher should be in consideration. They did get Justin Houston, which is huge. For a team that is already scary to add Justin Houston is crazy. Now, again, he went to a 4-3 team similar to the 49ers. I don't know why everybody picked off the the outside linebackers and put them at defensive end. What up, dance party? We got it going on. Don't tell me you're a Colts fan. Don't break my heart like that. DJ Galaxy. Apparently, DJ Galaxy does not believe they should go in the trenches. He wants a wide receiver, but I don't care. It's my pick. Do your own mock, you loser. With the 26th pick in the 2019 NFL Draft, the Indianapolis Colts select Jeffrey Simmons, defensive tackle, Mississippi State. I've already said it, kind of a spoiler alert, but I just really like this. Because this is a team that is already pretty dominant, they're in a division that is not scary. So they don't need a lot to be able to win their division. Granted, they didn't win it last year, I don't believe. I think the Texans did. But the Colts came on strong toward the end of the year, and I think they're going to remain strong. But they are better than the Titans, they're better than the Jaguars, and I believe they're better than the Texans. Not that the Texans can't give them a run for their money. They've got some scary talent on defense. They've got the best wide receiver in the game. They've got a talented quarterback. If they can fix the offensive line, they'd have a shot. But I don't see how they don't walk away with four or five wins just in their own division. With that said, again, if we are going to basically hand over a playoff berth to the Colts, I love the idea of having a guy who is a, you know, who, who's going to be the team that takes a top five talent, but is willing and able to wait a few months for him. Now, the, the scary thing about the Packers, as much as I want to say I'd love to have that opportunity where we get into the playoff, blah, 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 blah. I've also said we need to have a fast start. We need to make sure this thing's working early. I don't really know what we have. We want this thing with the new coach and the new scheme and everything to kind of work quick and everything. Instant impact is a little bit more important for the Packers and a lot of other teams than it is for the Colts. Teams like the Colts, teams like the Patriots, I would even venture to say the Bears, not necessarily because I, th I think they're going to be as good as they were last year, but I also think that they're going to be as good as they're going to be early as well as late. I mean, they, they, it doesn't matter either way. I'm just, I'm just picking another team. They don't have a pick until pick three, and Jeffrey Simmons... Man, if he falls that far and the Bears take him, I'm walking off the set. That just occurred to me and I you know again he's supposed to go in the first round so it should be fine but if, if this guy falls drastically and the Bears take him I'm gonna quit life and every I, I just I'm not gonna quit life that is horrible connotations I didn't mean to take it there but you know quit life in the sense that I'm gonna sit here with my arms folded and pout and not pay attention to the world for a minute oh that would be horrible but that's kind of the point, right? That kind of a reaction, that sort of, oh, no reaction, is exactly why he should go in the first round. It's exactly why if the Packers took him, I'd be excited. Because everybody in the world, he's the guy that everyone says, oh, no, don't take him. I want instant impact. But if he goes to your rival, you're going to be mad. And for a good reason. If the Vikings take him, dude, hey, that's a thought that I haven't had before. Now, the Vikings might need instant impact, but I've also said, how good is this team going to be when they get this defense, if they, if and when they get this defensive front going again? Give them Jeffrey Simmons? Again, not instant impact, and maybe the timing isn't super great because they're going to have a kind of a tough time winning the division and getting into the playoffs, so they might want him earlier or a guy earlier. Also, the quarterback is going to come into question fairly soon because Cousins' contract is coming up, I don't know, in the next year or two. So you're going to have a full year of this team with Simmons. I don't know. Either way, I'm going to hate it. It's going to be a terrible year. Whatever. Either way, the, the Colts, I think, would make sense to take him. But maybe they want to get something right out of the gun and just come out come out firing. Right, we're going we're gonna to sweep the division and beat everybody else with X player. But that's my pick. Next up at pick 27, we got the Oakland Raiders again. And I kind of felt, I, I've always kind of felt this way with the Raiders. I just want to come out of round one with everybody's jaw on the floor. That shouldn't matter. We should just be focusing on, you know, core pieces. Let's get an offensive lineman and a defensive lineman. And, well, we did that. And a corner or something, right? Get cornerstone pieces. Don't get all this flashy stuff. But you know what? I want to come out and just smash faces. Like, yeah, we didn't do smart stuff. Okay, how are you going to stop our running back? What are you going to do to stop our, you know, I mean, Quinn and nobody's going to complain about. But anyways, that's sort of my thought process. So, with the 27th pick in the 2019 NFL Draft, the Oakland Raiders select Noah Fant, tight end Iowa. Now, this isn't something that's never happened before. I've heard him get mocked here. But you figure they had success with Jared Cook. They get a younger... Uh, Jared Cook 2.0 and Noah Fant. Again, we're pairing him with Antonio Brown. We're pairing him with Josh Jacobs. Um, I think this is maybe the best situation that their quarterback has ever had, I think by a long shot. 
and maybe they get a little resurgence out of him. You know, he, he didn't have a great team to play with. He had a terrible defense, which does have some kind of an impact on your ability to, uh, you know, win football games and whatnot. And I think, you know, we didn't maybe hit on everything that we needed to, but we got probably the best player in the draft in Quinn and Williams. We got the number one running back in the draft in Josh Jacobs, and now we just got a freakish tight end in Noah Fant. So I'm pretty happy with what we've done here. Real quick, I know we just did it, but it takes two seconds. We're going to take one more quick break, and then we're going to come back and finish this thing off. So during the break, I decided to peruse Facebook and saw that uh, yesterday's podcast never got published. So I did notice the numbers are down a bit, but I figured that just kind of happens sometimes. And I, and I looked to see if it posted, and I was like, oh, yeah, draft rumors, there you go, on the 21st. And then I checked drafts, and it was like, oh, wait, that's not what the episode was. And yesterday is the 22nd, not the 21st. So even when I check to make sure it gets posted, I'm too dumb to recognize if it got posted. Because I don't even know what I did. So anyways, as you probably figured out by this point, there are two episodes. If you didn't see Positional Breakdowns, um, which would have been the episode before this, because maybe you're just seeing the most recent one, be sure to check that out, because there are two podcasts today. It's annoying. And by the way, I'm still taking credit for one a day, because the numbers still add up. Nothing on the 22nd, two on the 23rd. Burn, next pick. At pick 28... We've got the L.A. Chargers. As I've said before, this is a team that just last year I looked at and said, man, they've got a pretty decent roster here. And it seems like it's falling apart. I don't know if some guys maybe just took a step back or they lost a bunch of players or what, but this is not as good of a roster as I thought it was yet last year. Yesterday. Not yesterday. Last year. But with that, I, I was kind of looking at some of the different options, and I was looking at some of the, the prospects that they would look at, because that was one of the ways I went about doing this and trying to predict things and said, okay, who are the guys that they've been bringing in? And they've been bringing in a lot of defensive backs, specifically safeties, and I thought that was weird because they just went safety last year and they knocked it out of the park, so what are they doing? That's when it dawned on me, they have Derwin, and Derwin's awesome, but that's it. They don't have anything else. They don't have another safety that's any good. So with that, I made my pick. With the 28th pick in the 2019 NFL Draft, the L.A. Chargers select Nasir Adderley, safety, Delaware. So I didn't exactly know which safety to go with. I don't actually think they met with Nasir. I'm not positive. But I feel like with Derwin James, Nasir Adderley is sort of the the best complement to that. Which, by the way, I just learned yesterday, thanks to um, Packers Unscripted, that Nasir Adderley is, in fact, related to Herb Adderley famed Green Bay Packer, and I'm kind of ashamed it never even occurred to me that that could be the case, and it is the case, like his grandpa's cousin or something. I don't remember. Either way, pretty cool. But with the Chargers now having Derwin, who can, I mean, he can play single high, no problem, so you get that interchangeability. But I think Derwin is going to spend a lot of time at linebacker and in the slot and just kind of roaming up front, and to have a guy that can play single high while he's cleaning up up front is going to be pretty beneficial, and Nasir has that sideline-to-sideline ability, so I, I kind of like that compliment. Complementarianisticism. Threw in a couple is to make it a little longer so I sound smarter. Did it work? I feel like it worked. It's, it sounded good. Also sounded like mysticism, which makes it sound like a bad pick, because that's not how you make decisions, but it works. Next up, the Seattle Seahawks, up at pick nine, thanks to their trade back. As I said, they picked up two additional picks, so that's going to work to their advantage. The question is, are they able to get somebody here that um, they like? There have been several times in these mock drafts where I've traded back and just said, man, I wish I didn't trade back, which is why I said, bird in the hand, you just take them. And there were options there at, at whatever pick they were at, and I don't remember, 19 or something. But I'm comfortable here. With the 29th pick in the 2019 NFL Draft, Seattle Seahawks select Dalton Reisner, Offensive tackle, Kansas State. So overall, if you're a Seahawks fan, I don't know how much you like this, right? You don't want to trade back. Dalton Reisner, I don't know what you think of him, but he, he's kind of in that late first, early second kind of territory. And you're, you're, you know, as a fan, you're probably excited, like, ooh, maybe we get some stud, kind of middle of the first, whatever. But I think in the big picture, this was navigated about as well as you could possibly navigate it, considering their GM completely destroyed their draft capital this year, because I just... I don't know, i got to stop picking on the guy, but I just don't like anything that he does. Love what he did, like, five years ago that everybody wants to remember. Since then, it's been horrible. And just coming into this, the fact that they have, like, four picks, and and looking back, and, like, they've, they've done nothing, and somehow they only have four picks in this draft. They don't have anybody left on their entire team. It's like, what, what did you do? How do you botch this so badly? How? 
It just it makes perfect sense to me. And and to be honest, I don't think he is going to take Dalton Reisner because that would make too much sense. So I should have picked something real dumb. Should have said David Montgomery. Have him take another useless running back. Not that David Montgomery is useless, but it would be useless at this pick. But it feels like a thing that the Seattle Seahawks would do. Anyways, enough raging. They need offensive line help. Not necessarily left tackle, I don't believe, but right tackle. So that's what we're going to do with Dalton Reisner. And we get two more picks, so is what it is, man. I, I did the best I could with what you gave me. Schneider. Schneider. I've heard of a punchable face. I've never heard of a punchable name, but I feel like if there was one, it would be Schneider. Granted, Schlipp is similar to Schneider, but I don't really care. Still want to punch his name. Punch his name right in the face. Anyways, Green Bay Packers are up. And again, this is sort of a prediction thing, which is always difficult with the Green Bay Packers because they never do what you think they're going to do. And the more I looked at it, the more I just kind of thought, yeah, considering the pick we just took, it just feels like this isn't right. But I looked over it, and I looked over it, and I looked at who was available, and it was like, I just, I'm just doing it, man. I mean, if I had to put a percentage on it, like I said, nobody's at 50%, especially this late in the draft. I, I don't know, like 5%, <laughs> which would make sense. It's about 1 in 20, so I, I feel like anybody at pick 30, you could say it's about a 1 in 20 shot. Then again, if I came up with 20 names and you asked me what's the probability they come up with somebody outside of these, you know, I'd probably have to extend it out. So I don't know, whatever. Calling it 5%. And by the way, the player I did not pick that I was very strongly considering that even right now I'm, I'm sort of wondering if I should have gone that route is Chris Lindstrom. But as I thought about Chris Lindstrom, I said, do I want the Packers taking a guard, especially after I just had them taking a tight end? If I'm supposed to be doing high probability, tight end and guard in the first round just does not feel like a Packers thing to do. The Packers don't seem to panic about that stuff the way I panic about stuff. They look at guard and they go, eh, fourth round is fine, which they might be doing with tight end as well, but whatever. I took TJ Hawkinson. Anyways, with the 30th overall pick in the 2019 NFL draft, the Green Bay Packers select Nikhil Harry, wide receiver, Arizona State. I also considered going for a different wide receiver, but I had to remember that this is not um, which wide receiver would I pick if I'm going wide receiver. It's what would I think the Packers would do. And again, I think they want bigger body guys. They've made mention of wanting bigger body individuals. They've done that with running backs, getting all 225-pound guys. I think they are concerned about injuries, and they want to get guys that are more durable, Nikhil Harry, uh, as well as a lot of other guys. You know, Kelvin Harmon, Hakeem Butler... DK Metcalf, there's a lot of big body guys that could probably hold up to a little bit more punishment than somebody like a Hollywood Brown or a Debo Samuel or, or, uh, or excuse me, or Paris Campbell or whatever. Debo might be all right. I think he's like 220s. And then I thought about his abilities in the slot and all that. It just, it feels like if I had to pick a wide receiver, it's going to be Nikhil. Could be A.J. Brown. I know he's been kind of working his way back up, which is hilarious, by the way, because I had A.J. Brown number one on my list forever. And everybody hated it. Why do you have A.J. Brown so high? Why is A.J.? He shouldn't be so high. It should be Hollywood Brown. Hollywood Brown, Hollywood Brown. So eventually A.J. Brown fell, and Hollywood Brown shot up the board. Then he fell back down the board, and A.J. Brown went back up the board. So, very weird situation. But it is what it is. Next up, finishing this off here, the L.A. Rams are on the clock. I was looking at some of the guys that they were bringing in for visits, and... um, I don't know if a lot of Rams fans would agree with this. Mark Jarvis, who I did some mock draft stuff with, was a Rams fan, and he seemed offended at the thought that they need linebacker help. But, um, you know, they, they, they brought in some people for visits. They've also done some work in bringing in people to help this particular position in free agency, but I don't think these are super great options. So with that said, with the 31st pick in the 2019 NFL Draft, the L.A. Rams select Jalen Ferguson, Ferguson, edge rusher, Louisiana Tech. So I, I feel like there's a bunch of edge rushers, kind of like second round guys that could like sneak up in, into this round. And I think the Rams are a prime target for it. Yeah, they got, what is it, Fowler? But I don't think Fowler's all that great. Yeah, they got Clay, but I mean, let's be honest about Clay. And I also think that these are two first round prospects. They're not prospects. These are two first round picks in Clay and uh, Fowler. So these are going to be some good teachers, probably especially Clay, assuming he's willing to take on that role. So you get a, a, a talented guy like Jalen Ferguson. Jalen Ferguson. Why do I want to put an N in there? Like two N's. Ferguson. It's not Ferguson. It doesn't even sound good. I've never heard of a Ferguson. Why is that a thing? My tongue just wants to close up there. I don't know, man. I don't control my mouth sometimes. I like to give certain parts of my body the freedom to express themselves. My, my, my mouth is fond of, end, fond of ends. I, see, it just it doesn't even want to explain itself right now. But I think it makes sense, and I think uh, it's, it's a high-impact position. 
And for a team that is just knocking on the door of the Super Bowl and, and could be for some time, they've got their quarterback, they've got a good offensive line, they've got their running back probably, there's some question marks there, they've got their wide receivers, they've got some, some talent on defense, particularly the best pass rusher in the NFL. But I don't like their inside linebackers, I don't like their outside linebackers, and I think they could use some, some DB help. But they've brought in some guys, they brought in Jalen Ferguson. Whew, I gotta get off this name, man. And uh, we're just going to pretend that they really liked him, because maybe they did. Finally, with the 32nd pick in the 2019 NFL Draft, the New England Patriots are on the clock. And um, the tough thing is, there's a, you hear a bunch of stuff about what the Patriots are going to do, and none of those scenarios came to fruition. right? There's, there's all these great players that are supposed to fall. You know, Montez Sweat was supposed to fall. Rashawn Gary is supposed to fall. Jeffrey Simmons is supposed to fall. None of them fell. You know, they're, they're going to end up getting their replacement tight end with one of the Iowa guys. Well, none of the Iowa guys are available. Obviously, Hawkinson was never supposed to fall this far, but Fant might. Irv Smith was an option, but I didn't do that, if you couldn't tell. And as far as the quarterback of the future, I just don't know if he's here right now. I don't think he is. Locke is gone, and Haskins is gone. Daniel Jones is gone. Kyler, obviously, is gone. So none of them fell. So I, I just went back to who is going to be the most underrated player that's going to be somebody that the Patriots are going to pick up and everyone's going to go, yeah, he's going to be good. I mean, th- this is the pick where nobody respects him until the Patriots take him. And then all of a sudden it's going to be like, well, I was wrong about that guy. And it's going to be a good fit and all that stuff. Anyways, with the 32nd pick in the 2019 NFL Draft, the New England Patriots select Dexter Lawrence, defensive tackle out of Clemson. I've said for a while, Dexter Lawrence is probably the most underrated defensive tackle. I, it's hard to say. Underrated first and second roundish defensive tackle. On my spreadsheet, he is, I think, the third highest rated defensive tackle. His athleticism per his size is off the charts. Um, If there's any weakness on that Patriots team, which there really isn't any, it's probably along the defensive line, but they handle that really, really well. It's very, very important to what their defense is, is being very strong up front, and they're going to replenish that with Dexter Lawrence, and he's going to be in that rotation. He's going to be a cornerstone of that defense. A guy who is, what, 230, 235 pounds? Excuse me, 330, 335 pounds, whatever. I do that. That's another weird thing. If I do that, I'm, I'm sorry. I do that with time, too. I just make up the first number. It's really weird. My brain takes so many shortcuts. It's pathetic. Shortcuts and adding random letters. But I saw him sitting there, and I, it, it just felt right to me. I don't, I don't know if the Patriots would do it, but it feels like a Patriots thing to do in this particular situation. And this is a predictive thing, so that's what I went with. It's also probably what I would have done. It's not what I did do, because it was somebody else that was there that I liked. But it felt like the thing to do. So anyways, uh, that's it. Tomorrow the plan is to do my personal mock draft if I was the GM. Again, there's never any guarantees in this life, or especially on this podcast. And be sure to check out, if you have time, uh, yesterday's podcast, because, uh, you know, whatever. And I apologize for that. But uh, essentially, I just went through and broke down each position and looked at, you know, it was basically a reset, right? Let's take a step back and look at these positions honestly and truly and kind of see specifically where we're at. And that's kind of what we went with. So anyways, enjoy your Tuesday. We are very, 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 very close. Super excited. Have a great day. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye.